Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to the podcast, Fasten Your Seatbelts. I'm about to make this whole Major League Baseball thing, Delta, Apple, all of it with Georgia, make sense. Once you understand the math behind what's driving the Democrats' absolute collective freakout over the Georgia law, it'll all make sense. So strap on your seatbelts, you're not going to get this anywhere else. On its face, none of this really makes sense. Take Apple, for instance. They just condemned the Georgia voter law. That's rich, considering Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, slammed the law after siding with communist China in removing an app used to protect and allow Hong Kong freedom protesters, those who want democracy, to communicate with each other anonymously. Talk about authoritarian. But old Tim Cook, he didn't care about China or who they kill or who they haul off, think Buddhists and Uyghurs, in cattle cars to concentration camps. But he is offended by the Georgia law. Does that make any sense? I'm about to make it all make sense. And it makes even less sense when you start looking at the record of the MLB, Major League Baseball. They had the audacity to boycott the Georgia All-Star Game a day after expanding their deal with the communist Chinese company Tencent. With direct connections... As many of these big companies have, they are arms and tentacles of the Chinese Communist Party. Tencent dropkicked NBA games after one member of the NBA had the temerity to suggest that perhaps China shouldn't brutalize democracy protesters in Hong Kong. MLB? Not worry about that. They're all about China, which doesn't even have fair and free elections. Does that make any sense? Why are they so up in arms about Georgia then? Let's keep going. The Major League Baseball decision to pull its all-star game out of Atlanta makes no sense when you consider their other activities. Why isn't the MLB boycotting New York, New Jersey? They don't even have early voting as they do now in Georgia. Why would the MLB move to a place like Colorado? Georgia has more early voting days than Colorado, and Colorado, like Georgia, requires a state license or a state-issued ID 
or other forms of ID like passport to vote. It's virtually identical to Georgia. Why move the All-Star game there if you truly believe that this is somehow voter suppression? But then why would the MLB recently hold a ball game in the brutal totalitarian military dictatorship of Cuba, which regularly jails both, both white and black political dissidents, some of whom never come back? Why would the MLB hold a training camp in China, home to the Uyghur slave labor concentration camps? But somehow Georgia is an affront to their delicate democratic sensibilities. Ha! <laughs> no. Let's keep going. We could do this all day. These same organizations, as you know, you want to pick up your tickets to go to an MLB game from Willcombe? You're going to need a photo ID for that. Want to fly? Ditto. You need an ID. In fact, while we're at it, Delta and Coca-Cola both have direct business partnerships with the Communist Party of China-owned entities. And they don't seem to have a problem with it at all. That's because none of this is actually as it appears, which is often the case with the media, the Democrat Party, and their apparently morally confused leftist CEO sidekicks. Why are they all screaming in unison that Blue Colorado is a good place to move the All-Star game to when Blue Colorado, again, has fewer early voting days than Georgia and also requires ID to vote? Why aren't they boycotting New York and New Jersey and all these other places? Simple. Because Democrats can still win there with ID laws permanently in place and minimal early voting. And why are they all, the Democrats, the media, and these liberal CEOs fighting this voter ID battle on behalf of a group of people, African Americans, who don't give a rip about photo ID? How do we know that? Rasmussen and the Associated Press recently polled it. 72% of white voters tell Rasmussen they want voter ID laws in place. You should have to have an ID to vote. 72% of whites. Huh, what is it for black people? 70%. Almost statistically identical? Uh-huh. So, apparently, 70% of black people think you should have to show an ID to vote. That's because they have them. Well, why are CEOs going to war on behalf of a group of people, black people, who haven't asked for their help, aren't complaining, and want the very voter ID laws that they are opposing? Because it's not about black people. They're just the poor, hapless victims these white, racist, liberal shills are using to accomplish their aims. What is all this really about? The Democrats called in the favors the CEOs owe them. That right there is a massive sign of their desperation. And they are desperate. What have you learned from watching this? Folks, don't let this make you mad. Don't let it make you mad. They're asking CEOs to do things that are nonsensical, things these CEOs clearly don't believe in. If they believe them... They wouldn't be doing business in China or Cuba or holding exhibition games there or deleting apps that hide the identities of Hong Kong protesters, which could literally get them killed. Now, it's not brutality or lack of fairness at the ballot box that these people clearly care about. So what do they care about? Not making the Democrats mad. No, folks, don't let this make you mad. This is a sign of the absolute desperation of the Democrat Party to keep ID-less voting, which allows cheating, in place. When you hear the math, you'll understand exactly what this is about. It's up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. To understand the panic here, you have to understand a few things about the Georgia election and about the bill to fix the problems with it. That bill isn't just an effective measure to keep down and prevent massive fraud. It's something more. It's a template that is about to be used or is being used or is being used as the basis for election law changes to address the wild illegal voting and law-breaking, most of it by officials in swing states controlled by Republican legislatures. In other words, this bill terrifies the Democrats because they believe if it passes and voters must show ID, must have a fair election, they can no longer win. You'll agree with that proposition after I read you these numbers just from Georgia. These problems occurred in almost every state. Keep in mind as I read this to you, that Biden's margin of victory in Georgia was a mere 11,779 votes. That's a problem, given that 10,315 dead voters cast ballots in Florida. Yep, most of them by absentee. They'll nip that right in the bud with the new law that makes you put your ID number either from your state free, it's totally free, issued ID card or driver's license. What does that mean? Well, that means that those who would like to cheat, we all know who that is, can't get the social security list anymore, figure out who's dead, and cast a ballot on their behalf, because guess what they won't have? Their driver's license numbers, their state-issued ID. Oops. Yep, 10,315 dead voters. Double voters? Voted twice? 395 of those. What about felons who weren't allowed to cast votes? In Georgia, but did anyway, 2,560 of those. Ghost voters, in other words, people who are not demonstrably real, 15,700 of those. They voted mostly by absentee ballot. Are you catching the pattern here? What about non-registered voters? They weren't on the voter rolls. Yeah, there were 2,423 of those just in Georgia. What about out-of-state voters who registered a change of address with the post office indicating they were changing their primary domicile? How many of those cast ballots in Georgia? Hmm, 20,312. What was Biden's... Tell me again now. What was Biden's margin of victory? 11,779. And there's another problem. There are still 300,000 absentee ballots... In Georgia, for which we have no chain of custody. A lot of those went through drop boxes. The rest of them, God knows where they came from. Maybe they snuck their way into the Board of Elections in the middle of the night. Like, say, after Fulton County lied and claim a pipe burst, it didn't. 
and told the media and the observers they had to leave, they didn't have to leave. No pipe ever burst. They eventually found a leaky toilet. Now, we know what Fulton County uh, Board of Elections counters were doing because it was caught on CCTV camera. Now, here's the thing. In Georgia, under the law, it is illegal to count votes without observers. And so after they kicked out the media and the observers and told them they were, you know, they weren't going to count any more votes, then, as we all saw in the video camera, pulled the suitcases of votes out. They're not actual suitcases, just look like suitcases. They're the standard cases the votes go in. After they pulled them out from under the table and began counting, every vote counted was illegal under Georgia law because there were no observers. What does the, the, the new Georgia law do? It's the thing that's the scariest to the Democrats. They can't see it repeated in state after state because in every state, somewhere around midnight or shortly thereafter, they all lied and kicked out the observers. Some went so far to have them physically escorted out across the swing states. Remember? Then they put up cardboard over the windows so no one could see them as they illegally counted ballots. How do you stop that? Georgia came up with a great idea. Before this, individual counties had home rule. So they could just do whatever they wanted. If they wanted to break the law on camera in the middle of the night by illegally counting thousands of votes, they could do that. Well, they're not going to be able to do that in the next election. That's because home rule has been returned to the state board of elections. It can overrule, override, or take over any board of elections immediately if there is lawbreaking or other concerns. You bet your bottom dollar there isn't going to be any more locking the observers out in the middle of the night and pulling suitcases out from under tables full of votes. Nope. And that has the Democrats scared to death. It tells you everything you need to know about how effective this legislation will be, in the Democrats' opinion, actually gives me hope, and how devastating not being able to do these things in violation of the law on the books is to Democrats. It shows you that they don't believe they can win a fair election if the rules on the books are followed. Remember, the pattern was virtually the same from swing state to swing state to swing state. The whole world saw it. People from Switzerland to Sweden to Denmark to all those places were commenting on how outrageous it was. Trump is way ahead. And then all of a sudden, all these boards of election shut down. Boom! Four hours later, Biden's ahead. Trump loses votes. A bizarre thing that we don't really see much in elections while Biden only gains them. By the way, my source for those vote totals is court documents you can look up yourself in Trump Trump v. Raffensperger, filed December 4th, 2020. It is still an ongoing case, and it documents this level of fraud. Just to give you some example of what we're talking about here, in Georgia... 10,315 deceased people voted. According to Exhibit 3 of the lawsuit, 8,718 of them died before the Secretary of State even received their vote. Let's just give one example of how that worked. This is from Section 105 of the lawsuit. Affiant Lisa Holst, who testified under oath, received three absentee mail-in ballots for her deceased father-in-law, Walter T. Holst. He died back in 2010, and he voted in the Georgia election. You can see that in Exhibit 5 attached to the lawsuit. 
Voter history shows that the absentee ballot was returned for Mr. Holst on October 28, 2020, remarkably 10 years after he died. Someone deceased for 10 years should not have received three absentee ballots. It is illegal, according to the laws in the books, to mail out absentee ballots, but they could have caught it if the person who mailed them in had had to know his driver's license or state ID number. His state ID, by the way, had expired. Now do you see where the Democrats are in a panic? Let's do some more. Another affiant, again, that means she signed an affidavit under penalty of perjury, Sandy Rump, stated that her father-in-law had died September 9th, 2019, and had his voter registration changed from deceased to active eight days after he passed away. His registration status changed, too. His address was also changed online from his real address in Douglasville to an unfamiliar address in DeKalb County, making him able to vote. Does that make you mad? It should enrage you. But the new law does something that terrifies Democrats. It cleans up the voter rolls. It removes the dead. Oopsie. That's a problem. Don't take my word for it that Democrats believe that. They testified under oath before the Senate three weeks ago. That, and this is what their bill, their national bill to take over elections, would do. It means that you don't have to have voter ID to register. They cannot ask you for voter ID to register. They also cannot ask you for voter ID to vote. It makes it virtually illegal. But guess what else they can't do? When they discover, and it's very easy to do, that dead voters are registered, all you got to do is compare it to the Social Security list um, of people who have died. When they discover there are dead voters on the voter rolls, the Democrats' bill, which has already passed the House, H.R. 1, makes it illegal to remove them. So, to recap, the dead voters stay on the rolls. People come and vote for the dead or they mail in absentee ballots on their behalf and they don't have to provide voter ID. It's brilliant. And the Democrats hate it. So much so that they testified that it would be voter suppression, I kid you not, to remove the dead from the voter rolls. Even Roy Blunt, the absolute sorriest Republican leader who ever existed. He's number two in leadership, but you don't even know his name because he hasn't ever bothered to stick his head out of the sand and stand up for you, was appalled by this. It was a step too far, even for old Roy. Here's the Democrats explaining how we shouldn't even be able to clean the voter rolls of the dead and how H.R. 1 prohibits it. Yes, they actually believe this, that the dead should remain on the rolls. And it's clear why they believe that, because 10,000 of them voted in Georgia. Again, let me remind you of Biden's margin of victory in Georgia, 11,779. And the 10,000 are just the dead voters. Somebody voted for them, probably a lot of somebodies. Who was it? We'll never know. And what that means is we will never know, we can never know who won Georgia. It is unknowable. And if the law isn't changed, it will remain unknowable. And there's only one party that likes it that way. And that is the Democrat Party and their CEO sidekicks. who are just as liberal. And that, to me, tells you everything you need to know. I've chosen to focus on dead voting here. We could have done this a number of ways. We could have used ghost voters. Those aren't real people. Or those who aren't registered who voted. We could have done this anyway. 
but the new law will stop it all. In particular, there will be no more shutdowns in the middle of the night if this law is effectively implemented. And by the level at which the Democrats are yelling, I suspect it will be. So when Joe Biden says this law makes it harder to vote, you bet it does if you're dead or you're voting illegally. And again, the patterns here are the same across the swing states. Let's just take dead voting, for instance. How many dead voters, according to court documents, which were contrived, put together under penalty of perjury, how many dead voters voted in Pennsylvania? 8,021. How about Nevada? 15,006. How about Michigan? 482. See the problem? If this bill starts to spread, this is why this is the level of hysteria you're getting. What about non-citizen voters? not legally able to vote in federal elections. 36,000 of them cast ballots in Arizona. 4,000 of them cast ballots in Nevada. What was the margin of victory again in, uh, in Arizona? 10,457? Oh, good. See the problem here? You put that ID requirement on the absentee ballots, it's going to be hard for that to happen, isn't it? Now, I want to be absolutely clear about one thing. I'm not accusing anyone or any party of voter fraud. I have absolutely no evidence of that. But I do know that 10,000 dead people voted in Georgia and somebody did it for them. I also know that there were tens of thousands of illegal votes from ghost voters, double voters, juvenile voters who were less than 18 years of age. Somebody voted for them or organized them. And that made the results of the Georgia election, along with every other swing state, because there are more illegal votes in every other swing state then the margin of victory by Biden, which means somebody cheated. We will probably never know specifically who did, with the exception of Fulton County, where we got it on video. Again, every one of those votes that was counted that way was illegal. Those ballots should have either been thrown out or they should have been saved and recounted again with observers. Somebody cheated. And it's not the Republicans screaming about this. You can take this to the bank. The Republicans, for whatever their faults are, don't seem to think they need dead voters to win. They don't seem to think that an ID will slow them down one iota. In fact, they want folks to have to get IDs. The Democrats don't. What does that tell you? So this is all a screaming, yowling act of absolute desperation. Why? Because the Democrats know that the very policies they are implementing implementing at the national level, the very ones we've talked about so many times on the podcast, will bring about absolute power for the Democrat Party. The open borders voter registration drive that CNN says will bring 2 million illegals to this country by September. If that's the case, we're looking at upwards of three by the end of the year. Good God. And with an amnesty bill to legalize them, they won't need all this ID controversy anymore. The Democrats want to win. Everything they're doing right now is a last minute dash toward absolute power, either by passing H.R. 1, thus legalizing what we now call voter fraud, or remaking the electorate with millions more illegals brought to the country as fast as possible under Joe and amnestied. Those are very unpopular policies. And if the Democrats have to face the electorate after doing the look, I've done the polling on my show. I'm not going to recap it here because I could spend an hour doing it. Every major policy of the Bidens from of Bidens from the border 
to HR1, to all of these, when you pull them, majorities to pluralities of Democrats oppose them. This stuff is deeply unpopular, even in their own party, and they know it. That's why they're screaming like a scalded cat. And that is good news, because that's how you know that we are over the target and that the Georgia law, if properly implemented in Georgia and implemented across the rest of the swing states, will stop whatever it is the Democrats are afraid it will stop. That's how you know it's going to be effective. They've read it. It freaked them out, and they marched their corporate CEOs off the gangplank. This is why these CEOs are only pretending to be offended when their actions, both with China and, in the MLB's case, moving to Colorado, a state that also has voter ID laws and fewer early voting days, begin to make sense. Democrats can win with ID in Colorado. In fact, the Republican senator there, Cory Gardner, just got stomped 44%. To John Hickenlooper, 53%. They don't need to worry about voter ID there. That's why the MLB doesn't care if they have it. That's why the Democrats don't care if they have it. Colorado is now a safely blue state. And that's what the MLB and the Democrats really object to. The idea that Georgia won't be made a de facto safety blue state by allowing illegal voting and mass fraud. All of which... It's good news. It should give you some small measure of comfort that you can take in their fear that maybe it's possible we'll have fair elections again in some of these swing states. Pray it is so. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family across this country of ours. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.